I'm Joe Kane. I'm Dan Kane. I'm Sal Conca. And I'm Wayne Heckler. And this is The Imperfect Podcast. Don't forget to check us out at hecklerkane.com and everywhere on social media. To the bumper. So today we're here with Kyle Hester, who was born in New Orleans. He, to a professional football player, his uh, father is Ray Hester of the New Orleans Saints, which is pretty cool. Uh, Kyle is an actor and a producer and has been in some notable films like Zombie with a Shotgun that's coming out, and as well as Preacher 6, which is in production right now. So Kyle, welcome to the Imperfect Podcast. Well, thank you very much, and uh, I'm glad that we can all be imperfect together. This is, I'm, I'm, I'm very comfortable now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are as imperfect as it gets, and we love it that way. Um, <laughs> Takes the pressure off. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Absolutely. It's like apologizing, you know, at the beginning of a party, so then whatever happens, you know, you're covered already. <laughs> oh, I love it. Apologies first. That's fantastic. It's like I'll bet you're off after that point. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> what happens on the podcast stays on the podcast until we distribute it. <laughs> right. So uh, let's get to know you a little bit. Uh, where did you grow up? Uh, you know, obviously, uh, reading your bio on IMDb, we know uh, you were born in New Orleans. Orleans. Uh, did you spend uh, your youth there, or where did, you, where did you land for most of your childhood? Mo- well, yes, I, I was born in New Orleans, and that's where most of my uh, family is, and, and then I uh, grew up in Houston. Okay. So, from pretty much from the fourth grade all the way through high school was in Houston. So, nice. I uh, definitely had the Southern experience. Cool. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was cool. So, hey. how, how long did it take you to, before you got out to L.A.? Man, I, my, basically, I got my Mustang when I graduated high school, and I <laughs> drove to California. Badass. So, what, what year Mustang? <laughs> it was a, it was a '69 Fastback. Wow, with, nice. Now it's all. Awesome. It, it was it was so nice. If it's like it's one of those things where if I knew now what I, you know yeah, you know what I mean. If yeah. I knew, yeah, jeez, I'd have kept it. You know, I'd have lived in that. <laughs> yeah. Cool, man. That's awesome. All right. Well, what, what was the first project that you got involved with? Uh, was it before you? Uh, was it before you got to LA, or was it after you got to LA? Uh, well, yeah. Okay. Well, since you don't know like how my life weaved through the country, um, it, it wasn't as linear as that. Mm. Um, so I came out to LA, and uh, and then I ended up going to school at USIU in San Diego for a semester doing musical theater. And then I was like, you know, I think I uh, probably don't want to make a career out of musical theater. So then uh, I ended up going to Cal Arts, which is up here in, uh, in Valencia. Uh, so and then after that, I moved to New York and lived in Atlanta and then ended up back here in like in the early 90s. So so it's, it was a it was a, a, a trip around the country. Cool. Nice. So that you're a well-traveled dude. Now, now, since you said, uh, are you a musician also? Growing up in New Orleans, you got good music, you got good food, and I saw on your reel you did a, a film about what you were playing guitar and singing. Do you do that in real life as well? Well, um, I do sing, but uh, I am not a musician. Okay. So, but uh, yeah, basically the guy that wrote that song that uh, in the in the clip in my acting reel that you saw. Um, he, it was his guitar and he's like, all right, 
here's these three chords. Get to know those. <laughs> you know? Right. And that's what you're going to be doing. So it's like, all right, I can do that. Cool. We so, know a lot of musicians that can only play three chords, so that's not a big deal. <laughs> a lot of bands made it famous just playing three chords, as a matter of fact. I can't play anything more than three chords, so that's... <laughs> it's like Ralph Macchio in Crossroads, right? He didn't play guitar. You know what? Between all of us, we could have, like, a really bitchin' kind of guitar, you know, situation. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Combine all the parts. I'll just jam out. Like, you take the A and the C, and I'll get the G, and, you know? <laughs> Five-part harmony, man. <laughs> well, Kyle, when you actually see this podcast, if you look behind us, and, and those of, who follow the podcast regularly, we have a, a wall of guitars hanging behind us. That's that's our kind of our thing. It's not just Dude, for show. Okay, well, it's not just for show. We do play, actually. Yeah. That is that is awesome. Well, I'm glad that I got to uh, to to psychically talk about guitars. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. Well, good deal. So yeah, so musical theater that wasn't your thing, huh? Well, no, I love doing it, but yeah. it was one of those things where had the, you know the choice was what do I want to do in life? Correct. So that was the thing. So and then and I always wanted to do film. So it was a matter of of what's going to get me to doing film as opposed to touring the country and doing Broadway and, you know, all that kind of stuff, which I know some friends of mine, you know, are in New York and have been doing Broadway for forever. They they went to the same high school that I did. So it's just like, you know, it's all just. Just the choices we make. And sometimes you get locked into doing something. It's hard to break out once you do that. So you're right. You have to choose wisely. You have the performer bugs, but what what performance bug, but what actually drew you to film and acting and, and drew you away from the musical theater and other things like that? So what, what, what appealed to you about acting? Okay, let's cut to the seventh grade. And I'm watching Fame, the TV show. On you remember that show Fame? Yeah, absolutely, definitely. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and I'm watching this guy Leroy, and he's on stage and he's dancing and singing and jumping over mannequins and stuff <laughs> like that. And everybody was like, you know, having a great time. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, I got to do this. That looks awesome. <laughs> so, so I didn't know what I was getting into, but it, but that was it. I saw Fame and Leroy dancing, and I was like, that looks like a blast. Let's do that. That's great. And I love Leroy's line, I speaks how I likes. That always stuck in my mind for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> that was Leroy. But, but you're right. It looked so much fun. It's like, hey, man, if I could do that for a living, man, look at these guys. They're having a ball. I felt the same way. That's awesome. <laughs> that is, that's fantastic. You know, it's like I think once it gets in there, it's like something resonates. <laughs> you know, and uh, whatever it is, you know, it's like you get that that one thing, and it's like, all right, let's do that, and and hopefully, you know, you can do something with it, or it becomes an awesome hobby, or but you always got to do what you love doing, definitely, for sure. Yeah. So I, I'm looking at your IMDb, and it shows here your first uh, role, credited role here, was Rock and Roll Fantasy, and you played Phipps during the Panty Raid. So, uh, had, I, I want to hear more about that. <laughs> you know what? You know, that, okay, that's, that's funny. That actually, um, that is, was the very first film that the guys from the asylum did. Um, and that was, uh, those are the guys who did like Sharknado yes. and all of, all those kinds of films, um, out throughout the years. 
But, uh, yeah, that was like, you know, I think I didn't get paid anything. You know, it was like my manager was like, hey, here's an opportunity to be in a movie. I'm like, all right, like, yeah, let's do this, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm going uh, <laughs> Yeah, so it's like, I don't need it. I don't need to eat. I don't need money. That's, <laughs> hey, that's cool. I'm all about the so, art, man. <laughs> yeah, so, but, um, yeah, I was like frat, frat guy doing the panty raid and, uh, you know, <laughs> it was... It was pretty simple, but it was uh, it was fun as the first thing doing when I was out here. Well, it's always fun doing a panty raid, you know, regardless of whether you're acting or in real life. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, right, right. So that. That's like that's like a bucket list thing. It's like panty raid. Okay, done. Yeah, I did that. We're finished. Moving on. Now I think I'm gonna visit Andersonville instead. What the hell? What's gonna happen in Andersonville after a panty raid? You know what I mean? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> sergeant, oh, sergeant of the artillery. Look at this. You're doing some wild stuff here. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So um, I'm like, I, you've I'm, completely befuddled yeah, us. I actually. know. I don't even. I started with the panty raid, and I don't know where to go from there. <laughs> you can't get any better than that. Well, well I, I mean, I don't know. There was a segue into Andersonville, which, you know, I don't know how you go from Panty Raid to Andersonville, uh, but we can do it. Absolutely. You know, we, can, we have the technology. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, how long was it till you got your first paying gig in L.A.? And were, were you, like, what was, what was like, the private life then? I mean, were you kind of, were you waiting tables? Were you that guy? Were you the typical, stereotypical uh, L.A. starving well, artist? Uh, kind of, kind of, not really. Kind of that, I was, what I did was I managed a coffee shop here. Okay. So it was like I was like swinging cappuccinos. Okay. So it's kind of the same thing, but mm -hmm. not really. Right. You know. So you know, food and beverage. But uh, I think yeah, you do what you got to do. And I had a blast. And that's actually where I met my wife was at that coffee shop. Oh, that's so awesome. It's, yeah. So it's all good. That's cool. And she's a writer, but, also correct. Your wife. Say is again? A, your wife is a writer, correct? She is, yeah. She's she's writing Preacher Six. Yes, nice. Oh, that's her project. Awesome. Very, cool. very awesome. Yeah, I'm totally excited about it. Is that the first project you guys are going to work on together, or have you done other stuff together? No, this will be the first project that we've done together. We've done like you know a, a ton of stuff not together, and and basically uh, the way that it happened was this other project that I was working on, which shall not be named. Basically, <laughs> I was I was working on it for five years, and then the writer of it kind of lost his mind, and it's like as soon as as soon as you start talking about money with people, no. you know, like if things become real or potential, or like, hey, you could be a millionaire. Mm -hmm. Of course, that's really hardly not ever going to happen. <laughs> but it's like once people start thinking like that, then they lose their freaking mind, yeah. and it's like all of a sudden, it's like it's about them and my project, and I'm going to control this and all that kind of stuff. And it's like you you see ego completely destroy the whole situation which is what happened so yeah. after five years of like kind of nurturing a project this guy loses his mind and then we don't do the project so so I'm like I'm talking to my wife and like 
All right. Well, let's uh, let's do something that we control so that this never happens again. Hmm. Right. So exactly. Sometimes that's what it really comes down to, especially with independent film. Is you start to think, hey man, get this going. We have to do it ourselves. You know, when you put it in the hands of studios, sometimes it is you're waiting on a lot of different things. But the one way to do it is to make it yourself. Then you can be as artistic as you want, and the more control, you know, in some ways, the better. Of course, there's more responsibility, which makes it tough. But absolutely, you have to make it happen. Yeah, you, you said it all. I, I think it, without without repeating what you said, I mean, there's the two ways to go. You know, it's like you either are in the system and you you know are have been working at the studios and worked your way up, and you know all of that happens the way that that happens, or the nepotism of Hollywood, and you know you're a son of somebody famous, and and here's your shot, you know, with a five million dollar project. Good luck, mm-hmm. you know, or or you, you know, you like us, you know, you, you just like, you just kick and scratch and, you know, how are we going to do this? What are we going to do? Let's go kick some ass and see what happens. Definitely. So, you know- you know, it's funny is these days, like um, the technology is there for regular people to do these type of things. You know, that's non-studio. I remember when we were younger watching Movie Magic, it was. And, you know, they said, oh, you know, one day there'll be a Spielberg just sitting in his, you know, bedroom or in his basement. And, you know, look what he could put together. So technology is there now, which is nice. When I was young, when I wish I had this technology, you know, I had one of those old camcorders and, you know, it didn't have the same editing t- uh, power it does today. So... We got to keep rolling forward. Especially. Yeah, well, I mean, I think you know, with a uh, with ten thousand dollar camera, um, you know, now you can you can shoot the same kind of quality that you could for you know the hundred thousand dollar cameras. Yep. So it, yeah, it's definitely a lot a lot more accessible to to people that are just trying to trying to do something. Right. And then it becomes up to you what you do with that technology, which brings me to the cinematography. Oh, yeah, because yeah. Yeah, then the, the big thing there is once you have the technology is don't suck. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's going to be a quote. I'm going to have to, like, that's going to go on Twitter, I'm thinking. <laughs> once you have the technology, right on, because, don't you know, suck. Because you, you bought all this stuff, you got all this, I got, like, the surround sound and, you know, like, the 3D, you know, modeling with the the goggles and stuff and you suck so just like <laughs> you know Absolutely. so like, you gotta be good at it definitely sucking is all you know it's it's objective right <laughs> it's subjective I mean I don't know I don't know sometimes it just sucks right. <laughs> So uh, what uh, what exactly uh, is your approach to acting? Uh, are you, you know, method acting. What what is? How do you tackle the speci- a certain role that you're taking on? To me, it's uh, it's pretty simple. It's uh, whatever the character is, you basically get out of his way for whatever's got to happen. So it's like. Um, you know, like in the chair, which is uh, the, the horror film that mm-hmm. uh, is about to come out. It was Roddy Piper's last film. Um, nice. It's like, you know, we as the prison guards were all really horrible people, you know. So it's like, am I going to walk around being this like maniacal, horrible person, you know, at home <laughs> to my wife, you know? And it's like, because it's like I'm method and I, I got to get into the character. It's like, no, right. go fuck yourself. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> honey, you I'm know, working here. Know. I'm working here, honey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so I, uh, I'm not about that. 
And um, basically, it's uh, you just get out of the character's way. It's like we all know how to we all know how to feel and laugh and cry and get pissed off and you know get angry and run and jump over things. Whatever if that's called for that, and then you do that. And um, so it's really just uh, just getting out of the character's way. Absolutely, yeah, I hear you. What? Um... But okay, don't let me oversimplify because this is after. You know, I mean, I I went to performing arts high school and I went to Cal Art, so I've taken all the different kinds of like methods and all this stuff. So I can say this because I know what works for me. So mm-hmm. that doesn't mean right. it won't work for somebody else. I think you're being a little humble too. I'll be <laughs> frank about it, right? I mean, I, I think I mean you you've done you you have a pretty good career. You I'm mean, not pretty good career. You have a you have a great career in terms of your um, acting roles and what you've done. I mean, you have the resume. Um, you know, you you've built up chops. Um, you know, to be able to do that. So I think you've become more comfortable with your acting abilities, right? So I think that mm-hmm. probably speaks volumes. I mean, if if we were having that same conversation. Uh, uh, back in 1992, before your panty raid, I'm sure you had a very different mindset <laughs> going into that for your first role. And so. for those of you who just turned in, yes, he said panty raid. <laughs> and, and method acting for something like that might not be the best idea either. <laughs> you could end up in jail, right? <laughs> oh man! Oh man! I'm so glad that's a topic this evening. Um, but uh, so, what else influenced you growing up? I mean, in terms of like actors or movies did you have a favorite childhood movie growing up i know you mentioned fame was a big uh influence for you that was a tv series any movies yeah i think the thing that influenced me the most as an actor um was the shining Mm. jack nicholson and i think yeah so with with his like captivating presence throughout the whole film it's like you just like want to watch to see what he's doing mm-hmm. and, I, and I was like wow okay so that's right there is something special you know yeah. and, and I think that uh, that became like alright what is that you know what is it that makes that magic you know that, uh, that people talk about this guy you know and like and, and you can repeat the lines and you can hear them in your head the way that he says them you know, so it's like, what is it that does that? So, Wendy, I'm home. Sorry, I couldn't. Re- I couldn't resist. Couldn't resist. Exactly. Yeah, it's all, it's in there. It's, it's in definitely there. Definitely in there. Absolutely. We keep Wayne at the end of the table for that reason alone. <laughs> awesome. Absolutely. So you know, I mean, I hope to in my career, I hope to have some moments like that where you know that that earworm is in there from something that I get to say. You know, so. That these are these are the goals. <laughs> yeah, well, you're involved in some really high-profile independent films right now. I mean, uh, The Chair, which you know a lot of people are aware of, Zombie with a Shotgun, which is currently in post, right? And uh, The Preacher, which you're working on, which you're working on with your Preacher wife. Preacher Six, right? So, I mean, Preacher you know, Six. those, um, you know, with all those films, I, I you know, you, you're obviously going to get uh, the opportunity to shine. I mean, they're they're so. Let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, how how was it, or how did that process? go in terms of funding for zombie with a shotgun is that how is it how is it is it been a good time being a part of that project how were you just acting are you also a producer on that or okay zombie with a shotgun here's how that happened um hilton ruiz the creator director mm-hmm. had basically he had contacted me on twitter because of the chair like 
you knew that I did the chair. And then we, so I said, well, you know, we're like tweeting back and forth and DMing or whatever. And I was like, call me. So, so we get on the phone and, uh, and basically there's one thing led to another. It's like, what are you doing? You know, with this, with this project, you have like a bazillion followers and you've done, you know, the web series and stuff. And uh, you do want trying to do a film, but what, where's it going? What's happening? So out of that kind of short conversation, we're like, all right, well, let's do it. So, so we put, you know, put the crowdfunding thing together, which of course, without crowdfunding, like these films would not be made. Yep. Um, it's like the chair was done through Kickstarter and zombie with a shotgun is, you know, Indiegogo and you know, whether these things ever see a nickel, you don't know, you know, but so they're really fan driven, um, entities. So, yeah, I mean, that, uh, yeah, I mean, that's so the beauty of it, right? I mean, you, you already have a built-in fan base for the release, right? I mean, that's kind of the beauty of, of doing something like that and knowing that there's some um, justification in, in making the movie now because you did get a fan base to back it. And I think they all exceeded their goals, too. It wasn't like, you know, you guys couldn't meet your budgets. You guys met and exceeded, I believe. Yeah, well, I think um, that was some, one of the things that gave Hilton and I confidence was that we do have a big following, like each of us individually. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's like now, you know, crowdfunding is not easy. You know, it's, yeah. it's I see I see so many people, you know, you know, hey, I have 4,000 followers and I'm going to, you know, launch a, you know, a Kickstarter and then you just see it sit there because it, it takes a lot more prep work and getting people interested way before you, you launch a, a project like that. You know, that um, a lot of people, you just don't know. From But I wouldn't know unless I had the experience of, of watching Peter Samedi do it with the chair. Can you can you give some examples of some of the steps that you have to actually go through besides just launching the, the Kickstarter? Uh, yeah, I would say get a following. Like, <laughs> is, is however you can do that, you know, um, whether you spend like 90 hours a day on Twitter and um, getting people to know who the hell you are, and that's part of it, um, because if no one knows who you are, no one's going to care. Mm-hmm. So that becomes a big part of it. It's just getting, you know, putting what you have done out in front of people, and it's like the people that are going to like it will follow you, and the others that don't, you know, then who cares about them anyway, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I kid, I kid. Um, but, um, yeah, so so basically, you get the audience, you get people who you know are going to be interested before the project launches so that you can, so that you've got like, you know, your, your people that are your fans that are like, all right, let's, let's do this. And we can all make an impact in the beginning, mm-hmm. you know, because, because in the beginning, that's when a lot of judgments are going to be made about the project. You know, if you're sitting there a weekend and you got $200, you know, then that doesn't give the rest of the whole project, you know, or Kickstarter links, it doesn't give confidence. So people are going to go, oh, they only have two in a box. So, mm-hmm. so that's like, that's something. It's like basically, even if it's like, hey, mom, you know, can you just, you know, throw in a grand, you know, just to make it look like there's something going on, right. you know? And uh, so the, it's all, it all becomes 
it's an illusion. So it's it's all like you have to basically build build that illusion that um, that makes people confident in what you're doing. It's like putting money in a tip jar yourself, and you know, hoping everyone else puts in as well. Sometimes <laughs> yeah, you got to build that. <laughs> Now, let me ask you, I saw one of the perks that were pretty cool. To, um, I think it was $1,000 or maybe 5000 that you get to die a zombie death and be one of the zombies that actually get killed in a cool way. Did you have anyone for that? Um, actually, uh, someone, not the 5000 but there is a, a, a 1500 I think, where, where you can like be a zombie and uh, come in and, and do that. And, yeah, we did have somebody do that. And, okay. Uh, and yeah, he was a guy named Sam. He was a uh, super cool, and um, he came in, and kicked ass, and you know, it was it was it was great. So yeah. it's like everybody wins, yeah, you know, in a, in a situation like that. Sure. That's cool. Um, what? Now, obviously, this launched from the original book, and then was made into a web series. Um, and now there's an innate following with that immediately because you've already there's already footwork that's there. You, you weren't part of that original series, but the original actors that were in that series are also in this, correct? One of them. One of them. Yeah, the lead, uh, Braden. Yeah, he's the guy who um, who was a zombie with a shotgun. So he is. He went into the film. So yeah, but that, I believe that's the only cast member that that transferred because like other people were doing other things and other you know, people couldn't weren't available and so so that's how that happened what about is the cinematographer the same is the music is that the same person that was doing the web series for the movie um i think that he's talking to uh he's talking to music people right now and composers so um i the crew is different Okay. So it's yeah, it's it's basically you know Hilton being the uh, the director and you know so he's he just kind of put put together the the crew that he wanted to use and because he knows a lot of people so I think it was just like who's available and who best fits the project. Nice. And he's here in New York, right? Did you guys do a lot of filming in New York or all of it? We did all of it. All of yeah, it. Yeah, we did all of it right right in Chinatown. Uh-huh. Okay. Very cool. Yeah, bummer we didn't uh, get to hook up while you got where you were here in uh, New York. We'll have to we'll have to hit up um, Hilton and see if we can get a hold of him at some point. I'm I'm sure he'd be glad to talk. He's he's de- definitely makes himself available. Cool. Well, let's talk about your other project that just released as well, the chair. Um, so I think that that just went to festival, right? I saw that that just got uh, picked up or entered into festival. Yeah, uh, actually, it just it's just now getting accepted into festivals as we speak. And uh, there is one that uh, that I know that that Peter announced today that I'm, I'm not in front of my computer and I don't remember. But uh, but yeah, so the first one has been announced. It's a it's a festival in Wisconsin. I do know that. And um, so I know that he's applied to several others. So I think we're going to be hearing in the next couple of weeks about that. And um, there's going to be a theatrical limited kind of release that, uh, that be, you know, if you sell enough tickets to the project per theater, then the event happens and you get to see it. So that's going to be happening around the country. And um, so it's, it's, a, it's like a slow rollout. And then it's going to end up, you know, on all the platforms that you can stream and rent and 
you know, buy the DVD and all that stuff. Yeah, I saw your I saw your Twitter post, your Twitter poll today about where do people watch movies. Is that uh, are you doing a bit of research on your own to see where you're going to release stuff? Yeah, you know what? I'm just curious. Okay. I, I'm just like, what's what's the landscape? You know, what is the what are people what are people do now? You know, it's like is it cable? Is it is it uh, the Amazon or you know? It's like I love DVD. So like the the whole streaming thing. I mean, I understand it. I'm not an idiot, but I don't <laughs> I don't get it. You know, it's because I love the physical stuff. Right. You know, I love having my own DVD that I can stick in a machine whenever I want. You know, whereas like with the, you know, the, the chips and the downloads and stuff like that, it's like the computer crashes and now you're out. Right. You know? I think Wayne's, so, got, a, I think Wayne's got a box of eight tracks for you, too, if you want them. Sweet! <laughs> <laughs> you're, actually, you're actually talking to the right guy over there with Wayne. <laughs> hey, but really, there is nothing like having your stuff. Even with, the, you know, um, iTunes and everything, it's very different digital. When you actually hold the CDs in your hands as well, like, these are mine. But the only problem is it causes clutter. That's why I invented Computer Right. It's one thing, it saves on clutter. Because especially when you move, believe me, that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. I know. But, I mean, it, it, believe me. Believe me. It, it's like, it, it all works. Yeah. You know, it all facilitates watching something. So it's like, it doesn't really matter exactly how you watch it if if you are you know interested in seeing something you're going to see it but it's it's just like for for me just kind of getting the landscape of like well what's what's really happening so you know what uh, what to kind of push as far as distribution goes and the funny thing is that if you look on that uh, on that list that I have half of the people are interested in, in DVDs and Blu-rays uh, like okay. they would rather do that than stream which was surprising you know, because I'm thinking everybody's talking about, yeah, it's all going streaming now. But then if you ask people, there's 800 people that, you know, have responded to that um, quiz, as it were. <laughs> and it's like, I think it's about 50% or something like that to DVDs hmm. and Blu-ray. Well, I think it, you, the group of guys you're talking to right now would all prefer DVDs. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. got it right here, actually. It was 37% Netflix, 30% DVD and Blu-ray, 26% in the theater, and then you had a bunch of others, the Amazon, Hulu, and iTunes lumped together, and that was really low. Um, I was curious, I'd was i be curious to see if like Amazon was broken out on its own, or who, but um, regardless, I mean, I think uh, Netflix, I think, wins the war at, at, at night, nighttime viewing and TV, um, you no, I mean they have way more series than movies, though. Um, yeah, well, Netflix is Netflix is kind of like uh, they're very. It's like the big. They're the big kid in the room, yep. you know. And and the, the the problem for filmmakers is yes, it does give you a lot of exposure, but they. It's not like you know if if you watch it, you know, um, you're not the filmmaker is not getting money. From how many times people watch it on Netflix, mm -hmm. it's like it's a buyout. Right. So, so I mean, so, you know, you're going to sell your project for however much, two thousand dollars for for a two year contract in Netflix. I'm not going to do that. Absolutely. You know. And you see, yeah, you know, so it's like so basically. But 
I'm saying most of the money actually comes from DVD sales a lot of times, especially for smaller movies. Um, the movie proceeds are one thing in the theater, and usually the DVDs, when you look back and see you know, the gross income, it's definitely more with the DVDs. So we're kind of hoping that that does remain still. Like you said, you're not getting a, a credit each time someone watch Netflix. You're right. So as far as a business standpoint, you definitely still want the DVDs around something physical that yeah. people could you know, buy themselves. Oh yeah, well, I mean, also it's like I think it, if if you have something that people, then that's that's why you know there wasn't a lot of stuff on Netflix. I mean, you find a lot of obscure stuff, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of like you know super low budget and whatever for the people that just want the exposure of it. But it's like if you're looking to actually make a living so that you can go and do another project, then that is not the answer. You know, you mean like so, death, deathgasm, and uh, I don't know what else I've watched on Netflix recently, but yeah, deathgasm was was up there. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, the- you know, they they probably got like fifteen hundred bucks or two thousand dollars, you know, to have their their film on there for two years. Wow, and amazing. and you know, you put in so much time and effort and energy and stuff like that. It's like that's why people wait on Netflix. You know, so it's like it'll come out in the DVDs and rentals and, you know, try to get in the theaters and stuff like that. And Netflix will be like down the line basically when nobody cares anymore. And, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. yeah. and then you can just throw it on Netflix to see what they give you. Because at that point, you know, you're not fighting the whole thing. But, but you know, if you if you throw it up on Netflix first, you're done. Well, I was going right. to say, so you're not gonna make smart move wrong. for you guys, right, with the with the movie feature coming out. I mean, essentially, uh, you could sell the web series potentially to Netflix as a, you know, uh, more of like an advertiser preamble to the movie coming out, if, that's, if it's a possible thing, if you could get that type of deal done. So, like, you know, selling the web series before the feature comes out, that way you have kind of the, the run-up to the feature. This is not a bad thing. Sal's our marketing guy. Yeah. He always comes up with good ideas. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. Yeah, I'll, I'll run. I'll run that by Hilton. There you go. Yeah, got him thinking now. <laughs> yeah, I know that he he's you know got people already you know talking about it, interested, and in, you know. But I, and I I just heard I'm wary of everybody as far as distribution, you know, because yes. I've heard so many nightmares, mm. you know, from friends of mine that have, you know, made films and, you know, it's like, yeah, so my sales agent shows that they have $80,000 that came in, but I only got eight of it, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. so, so how, how does that work? You know, it's like, we're basically there, they're papering, you know, well, we had to fly to this place, you know, for that festival. And then we had to rent this, you know, amazing hotel room, you know, on your dime. Right, and, yeah. Oh, by the way, you, you paid for the plane ticket too. You know, for us to go there, you know, so we're trying to sell your movie, you know, sure, so yeah. it's like, <laughs> yeah, it, you're, dude, it's like, you, you gotta be smart these days because you're swimming with sharks and everyone wants to make money, you know, off of the creators. So, so, uh, there you have it. Absolutely. Well, let me, let me ask you something, Kyle. You are now moving on to a new project, and uh, we've already talked a little bit about it, Preacher 6. Um, what can you tell us about this? There, there's not much information out there yet. So what can you tell us without spoiling anything? Well, I can tell you that Preacher 6 is it's kind of uh, it's going to be a grindhouse type film with uh, with lots of action and and blood and comedy and uh, demons and all of that kind of stuff. So it's about a small town small town preacher that comes to the big city 
and ends up fighting evil in a literal sense. So that's where you see the, the artwork on the on the, the site, you know, holding the sword and you know with the gun and you know all this kind of stuff. So because uh, the preacher ends up, you know, battling demons like the real ones. So cool. So that's uh, that's kind of the gist. And there's some super cool characters that uh, that are, are with him and help him out. And you know, it's like this becomes this kind of like a bunch of superhero type people that are not superheroes but it's going to be a lot of fun how far in the process are you with that one uh we are in the development right now we're actually launching the fundraiser next month so we'll we'll start that up um in october on indiegogo and um you know that's that's going to be another 24 hours a day on the computer um you know trying to trying to beg, borrow, and, you know, buy a t-shirt, you know, get a bumper sticker. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> like all, all that stuff, man. But, uh, so, yeah, but we're, we're definitely excited about it. Nice. We'll put out some reminders at that time as well from us to remind people that that's what's going to happen in October. Now, one thing, it might Fantastic. be... It might be a little too early to, you know, think this way, but first of all, when is um zombie... Uh, with a shotgun coming out, what do you? What is your estimate? Do you think? Well, I, well, I could say definitely 2017, but um, right now it's we're not quite done filming. My my character's wrapped, but there's other other scenes that we have to get. So you know, if you see the the fundraiser now, you know, um, basically trying to trying to raise money for to to finish and then post production, and um, so. I don't know. Maybe maybe it'll be done in six months. All right, nice. But that's you know, fingers crossed on it. You know, I mean, it's like the the chair we shot, you know, over a year and a half ago, and there was like lots of uh, lots of issues in post and you know, stuff like that 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 have delayed it coming out, which is kind of like now why it looks like there's so much going on. You know, there's the chair and zombie with the shotgun and preacher six, and it's like they all just happen to be happening now in various forms but it's like the the way that it, the timeline of it you know it's like we shot the chair a year and a half ago yeah you seem like a real busy so. busy guy very cool you, you know what man we're we are the new wave you know yep. so it, it's kind of the wild west out there right now as far as filmmaking so it's either you're either one of the big guys or you know we're just all kind of in the same in the same creative pool together trying to trying to make something happen hey Kyle so thanks you know, for, I, thanks for doing this I was gonna say yeah That's thank you cool. oh absolutely dude absolutely you know the way I look at this is you know we're, we're all in this together yeah you know as a, as entertainment type folks so it's all good right we want to thank Kyle Hester for joining us today. Please follow him on Twitter. So we wish you well, wish you great success in the future, and we'll definitely uh, touch base with you another time. Well, I appreciate it, and thank you for having me on, guys. It was a lot of fun. Thank awesome. you. Thanks, Kyle. Have a great night. Bye. All right.